Rangers are a mixture of stealth, precision, and survival. Outlanders more at home in the wilderness than in the stuffy borders of civilization. Armed with bow and sword, quick wits, and keen senses, and sadly a lackluster set of class features. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the Unearthed Arcana update for the Ranger and why it was so needed. So stick around for today's episode if that's something that you were waiting for. Rangers bridge the gap between a fighter and a druid. Rangers live on the fringes of civilization, acting as guides, hunters, and bastions against the dangers that lurk in the wild shadows. Where a fighter is an expert in their weaponry and fighting style, a ranger is an expert in survival and the foes that they hunt. They learn these subtle signs left by their favored quarries and know just how to bring them down. Mechanically, rangers have had it pretty rough. They're meant to be the masters of exploration and survival, but as those mechanics are often underutilized, they tend to work like inefficient fighters half the time. 5th edition rangers were very quickly identified as the weakest class, and by a wide margin. Eventually, Wizards of the Coast released Revised Ranger in Unearthed Arcana. This revised version is significantly better than the player's handbook ranger version in practically every way. But there are a couple of catches, and it got even more complicated when we got the new optional ranger rules in Tasha's. Basically, you have not one, not two, but three distinct different sets of rules for playing a ranger in 5e. Base ranger, revised ranger, and base ranger plus including the optional rules from Tasha's. Firstly, since the revised ranger is still technically unofficial, you can't use it at the Adventurers Leagues, and some of the more purist DMs will disallow it. You know, because they're just so much fun. Secondly, Revised Ranger has its own set of archetypes called Conclaves, and the base archetypes are incompatible with Revised Ranger and vice versa. So if you're eyeballing a new Ranger archetype, you'll have to use the old classic Ranger rather than the Revised version. Generally speaking, you should never be using the base Ranger alone. The upgrade from Tasha's puts the base Ranger on par with the Revised Ranger, and the two are both valid choices just with a few playstyle differences. So while you technically have three options, it's really down to just the two, Revised Ranger or Base Ranger plus the rules from Tasha's. For the purposes of this video, we'll be going over the Base Ranger plus rules, assuming you're using both the base rules and the upgrades found in Tasha's. We'll start by going through the Base Ranger class features, not including those that got replaced with upgrades, and then we'll go through the optional Ranger features, upgrades from Tasha's. Rangers get their spellcasting at second level, and they don't get a whole lot of spellcasting aside from that. Wisdom is your spellcasting ability, and you have very limited spell slots, and you draw your spells from the Ranger spell list. One of the best defensive options on this list, which should really be a class feature, is the unique Ranger spell Hunter's Mark, which is going to be your strongest spell 9 times out of 10. Once you've cast it on a target using a bonus action, every weapon attack you deal to them will do an additional d6 damage. This is an incredibly strong damage multiplier that triggers off every single hit. Seriously, the start of every combat encounter as a ranger should usually start with Hunter's Mark. And therefore usually does. Just like the ranger class, at second level you get to select from an, albeit smaller, list of fighting styles. There's archery, and this is the most common pick, and it's really the automatic option for any strategy involving ranged weapons obviously. It's also not just for bows specifically, and will be your best pick for builds using Crossbow Expert. 5th edition doesn't hand out flat bonuses often, and plus 2 to basically all of your attack rolls is... huge. By choosing defense you get plus 1 AC, which is nothing to sneeze at, but rangers rarely fit well into the tank roll, and if you're going for dual wielding or sword and board, there are better options. 
It's still a generally useful default option if nothing else fits, but generally, you do have better options. While the dueling fighting style doesn't explicitly state it, this is the option you take for using a sword and shield. It offsets the damage you lose out on while using a shield, and that plus two damage stacks up with every attack roll. Normally for balancing, any attacks you make with your off-handed weapon don't get to add your ability modifier. This eliminates the nerf and gives you full damage on any additional weapon attack you make using your extra weapon. This is your default option for using two weapons. Just like with most other martial classes, the ranger gets an extra attack at 5th level. And at 8th level, you get the ability to ignore non-magical difficult terrain with Land Stride. And narrowly, you gain advantage against magical attacks that use plants like the Entangle spell. That non-magical clause really knocks the wind out of this feature, as most of the time the source of difficult terrain will be magical in some way. Depending on your DM, I suppose. And I really do wish that this just let you ignore difficult terrain altogether, but... And then with Vanish, at 14th level, you get the ability to hide as a bonus action. A feature that a rogue gets at level 2. It's nice and all, but sadly it's actually better to multiclass into rogue if you're trying to acquire this feature somehow. Uh, that all aside, hiding as a bonus action is powerful and effectively lets you attack and take cover in the same round, which is particularly important for ranged builds. And then with Feral Senses, at 18th level, you get essentially what is Blindsight. It's worded strangely, but it's still effectively Blindsight. A powerful ability to be sure, but you gain it so late that it really doesn't matter, I guess. It kind of depends on your campaign. But still, if you find yourself as a Tier 4 Ranger, it's going to be useful. And then with Foe Slayer all the way at level 20, you get the final insult to injury, one of the weakest capstone features in the game. Once per turn, you get to add your Wisdom modifier to the damage of an attack. So basically an additional 4-5 to five damage a turn at 20th level when the amount of damage is <laughs> utterly insignificant. In Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, every class got a set of optional features that act like a sort of upgrade patch to fix issues and improve things that needed improving. Rangers feel almost like they got a full redesign more than just a patch. These features are technically optional, but assuming your DM allows them, make sure to include these class features with your new Ranger. With Deft Explorer, the old Natural Explorer feature was situational and usually only served to nerf the Ranger when they were out of their own element. New Deft Explorer is taking its place, which is less flavorful but way less situational. You get features at 1st, 6th, and 10th level. At first level, you simply gain expertise, double proficiency bonus, in one of your skills, and you get to pick two bonus languages. At sixth level, you get a five-foot boost to your movement speed and a climb and a swim speed equal to your new walking speed. At tenth level, you gain the temporary hit points as an action equal to 1d8 plus your wisdom modifier, a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And as a bonus, you remove a level of exhaustion at every short rest now. This, when you add it all together, makes rangers the kings of the survival campaign, as they always should have been, and generally makes your ranger far more mobile and survivable. The old favored enemy feature was wonky and only granted benefits if you were lucky enough to have selected the same enemy type that your DM has decided to throw your way. Now favored foe is taking its place by more or less turning the spell Hunter's Mark into a class feature. Hunter's Mark has always been an essential ranger spell, and now without a spell slot, you get to apply it for free once you've hit an enemy. This new version starts off weaker, matches the old spell at 6th level, then surpasses it at 14th. Remember that this extra damage applies on the attack that makes the mark as well. Using the optional features, the following spells have also been added to the ranger spell list. A lot of these will definitely have the potential to change your gameplay style for the better. 
Revivify, though, seems like something that is almost tailor-made for you weirdos out there that dream of running an all-ranger party. Just like the fighter, rangers get an expanded fighting style list that can dramatically change how they play. You now get to choose from the following in addition to the original list. Identical to the fighter version, this gives you straight-up blindsight if the enemy is close enough. Ranger doesn't have a clean way to cast darkness or other obscuring effects, but if you or an ally can manage it, then stealthy stabby ranger goodness awaits. This lets you dip your ranger's toes into druid with your choice of any two druid cantrips. I recommend Mold Earth for some absolutely game-breaking applications, and if you want to run a high wisdom ranger, the cantrip Primal Savagery can be a surprisingly effective damage dealer. Throwing axes was already a niche but viable build for rangers, and now it threatens to have one of the highest damage potentials. Grab a ton of hand axes and consider taking the slasher feet to slow your enemies down as you hurl axes at them. More of just a patch than anything else, every other spellcaster either uses a component pouch or a spellcasting focus. Rangers just sort of... didn't. Now rangers can pick a flavorful spellcasting focus of their very own. The old primeval awareness was dubiously useful, but it detected if certain creature types were within a few miles of you. The new primal awareness replaces it with a bunch of normal detection spells and talking to creature spells. This new feature has a lot less flavor, but it's a lot more useful. With martial versatility, just like the fighter, rangers can now trade out their fighting style for a new one whenever they gain an ability score increase level. This shouldn't come up that often, but it's way smoother and easier than the old painful retraining rules. The old feature hide in plain sight was very flavorful, but was functionally useless, which is especially disappointing as a 10th level feature. The new nature's veil lets you actually turn invisible for a turn, and you get a number of uses of it equal to your proficiency modifier. This is an amazing buff that'll let you disappear whenever you need to. Ranger builds are almost as diverse as fighter builds. Most builds, though, will fall into archery, two-weapon fighting, or classic sword and board setup. Whatever style you're going for, you'll need to start by figuring out your ability scores. Wisdom is the spellcasting ability for rangers, and while there are some builds that will utilize strength, the majority of standard builds will be using dexterity. Beyond that, constitution is usually the next highest score to keep your rangers survivable. Strength or dexterity, whichever one you're not using, intelligence and charisma can all be treated as dump stats. For your standard ranger using archery or most forms of melee ranger like two-weapon fighting, you'll want to make dexterity your highest ability score, followed closely by wisdom and then constitution. Any race can be a ranger, but if you want to make the most optimal use of your abilities, you'll want to maximize your dexterity and wisdom. The following races have bonuses to both dexterity and wisdom, or can choose them, making them optimal races for the ranger. The Aarakocra gain plus two to dexterity and plus one to wisdom. This race gets banned at almost every game table, but if you have a particularly benevolent DM, then take this opportunity to play a flying race with the stats that perfectly align with your needs. Particularly terrifying for archery-focused rangers who can deal damage while well out of danger themselves in most situations. In DMs, there are ways to plan for flying races. Just loosen up a little, have some fun. Let your players play flying races, good lord. Base Elves gain plus 2 to Dexterity, and the Wood Elf variety gains plus 1 to Wisdom. Wood Elves thematically fit quite well as Rangers, and their buff to movement makes them rather appealing. The Elf Trance ability makes them even more useful on the party watch as well. And then with the Ghostwise Halflings, they gain plus 2 to Dexterity and plus 1 to Wisdom. The Lucky feature is enough to justify choosing a Halfling, and the Ghostwise variant nets you some really useful telepathy. The small size makes using a longbow kind of awkward, but I rather like this option for the two-weapon fighting build. 
base humans gain plus one to each ability score, and the variant human gains plus one to two ability scores and gets a feat. Humans, once again, are really always going to be the most flexible option, especially if you're going for a build that requires a feat or two. Humans may feel a bit standard, but you should always consider them as a strong option. And then one of my personal favorites, the Kenku gain plus two to dexterity and plus one to wisdom. Kenku abilities are somewhat lacking, but the dexterity and wisdom still line up well for a ranger. Best suited for gloomstalker rangers that want to be sneaking around in the shadows and playing a ranger more like a rogue. Wild Hunt Shifters gain plus 2 to Wisdom and plus 1 to Dexterity. Shifters get a bunch of free temporary hit points, which makes them pretty appealing if you're going for melee with your Ranger, but do keep in mind that they are technically setting locked into Eberron, so just make sure that that's not something that's going to bother your DM. At 3rd level, Rangers gain an Archetype, or a Conclave, if you're using the Revised Ranger. These archetypes grant you a significant part of your class's abilities, and each one represents a different theme. Make sure you select a Conclave if you're making a Revised Ranger, and an Archetype if you're making a Basic Ranger. Beast Conclave takes the Beastmaster archetype and fixes it, turning your Animal Companion into an actual threat that will improve as you do. Overall, this is the far superior option if you're looking for a Ranger with an Animal Pal, and mechanically, between your attacks and your animal's attacks, you can dish out some real damage. The Hunter Conclave directly replaced the Hunter Archetype, and a lot of the abilities are still the same, especially in early tiers. Later tiers, though, the Conclave definitely pulls ahead as the much stronger option. And then with the Deepstalker Conclave, this is the direct replacement for the Gloomstalker Archetype, that tries to bridge the gap between Ranger and Rogue for the Revised Ranger. Basically, everything that applies to the Gloomstalker applies here, just with a different set of base rules. The Beastmaster Archetype grants you a Beast Pal that fights alongside you as an Animal Companion, however, as I mentioned, this was fully eclipsed by the Beast Conclave, which you should definitely just get instead. The Drake Warden is an unearthed arcana attempt to fix Beastmaster and make it more exciting by turning your Beast Companion into a Drake Companion. Your Drake Familiar definitely keeps pace on damage output with the Conclave version, and if you manage to reach Tier 4, your Dragon becomes large and you can finally become a Dragon Rider. Thematically built around Fey Magic, but mechanically quite similar to the Hunter archetype, it exchanges a bit of damage potential in exchange for some bonus spells, proficiencies, and ways to inflict status effects. Overall, I think this Unearthed Arcana option outpaces the Hunter option, and the utility you gain is more valuable than the slight damage increase. A Gloomstalker Ranger gets a solid swirl of Rogue mixed in with their Ranger. Gloomstalker is all about hiding in the shadows and committing ambushes in the dark, with built-in super dark vision. Gloomstalker is a key part of one of the stronger ranger builds, and we'll do a deeper dive at the end of this video. With Horizon Walker, you're a ranger with some planar influence, which gives you some fun teleportation and force damage abilities. Horizon Walkers are highly mobile, with an extra punch that bypasses most resistances. If you're not running a revised ranger, I think this is one that I would recommend the most. Yeah, probably. Hunter was once the default damage-dealing archetype, now outpaced and outclassed by practically every other option. Disregard this archetype and trade it in for the Conclave if your goal is straight damage dealing. This is the most DPS focus of the Ranger archetypes, and it's just to get yourself some extra damage and buffs. It does fall short of the Hunter Conclave from the Revised Ranger and is very similar, and I recommend passing on this for the Revised version if you have the option. The Swarmkeeper archetype is for when a single animal friend just isn't enough for you. Cover your character with a swarm of rats, bees, squid, or whatever your heart desires. Mechanically, it grants some bonus spells, extra damage, and some useful mobility options, but 
most of the archetype is about flavor rather than utility. Everyone knows rangers are great at combat, but can they stand back and help others as well? The answer is that rangers are very good at spellcasting and have a lot of options to help their allies. For instance, you could cast Jump on a friend to triple his jump distance for the next 60 seconds, and then follow it up with Longstrider to make his speed increase by 10 feet for the next hour. If he becomes injured and is within touch distance, he can come back into shape with Cure Wounds. Do you fear your party is about to run into a trap? You can cast Detect Poison and Disease and scan the area around you. It just may well save all of your lives. And if you've taken on a challenge too tough to handle, Fog Cloud is your spell of choice. It will mask your getaway and let you live to fight another day. So, yes, you can be very helpful, and you're underutilizing yourself if you're not doing things like this. And while protecting your friends is fun, the real thrill of being a ranger is directly fighting your enemy. Or perhaps sneakily leading into directly fighting your enemy. Rangers are tough. They can take a lot of damage without dying, so they excel at melee combat. Rangers are also proficient with bows, making them excellent ranged attackers. At level 1, cast Hunter's Mark to mark a single target. For the next hour, you do an extra 1d6 damage to this target every time you hit it with a melee weapon. If you lose sight of the target, you gain advantage on any perception or survival check needed to find it. At level 2, choose the archery fighting style if you want to hunt with a bow. If you'd rather meet your opponent face-to-face, -face, choose two-weapon fighting or dueling. If you choose two-weapon fighting, make sure you get the dual-wielder feat to go along with it. At level 3, choose to be either a Hunter Ranger or a Beastmaster Ranger. If you choose Hunter, take the Hordebreaker feature to get extra attacks. Colossus Slayer is another option, but it doesn't scale as well over time. Rangers are useful members of a party even when they're not in combat. Your natural explorer ability will help prevent your party from slowing down due to bad terrain and will get you twice as much food while foraging. Use the stealth skill to sneak past bad guys and spy on them, perception to find clues, and insight to determine the true intentions of NPCs you confront along the way. Your melee and ranged attacks will depend on dexterity and dex will also help with AC and initiative. Put your highest roll into this. All of your spells will use wisdom, so take your second or third highest roll and put it into wisdom. If you plan on being up in your enemy's face a lot, constitution may even be more important than wisdom. After all, you can't cast spells if your hit points go to zero. Intelligence and charisma are not very useful for a ranger, so put your worst rolls into these stats. Rangers can wear light or medium armor, but half plate, scale mail, and padded leather will give a disadvantage to stealth, so stay away from these. If your dex is above 19, wear studded leather. If your dex is 19 to 18 below, wear breastplate or a chain shirt if you're not planning on sneaking around, or studded leather if you're planning on being stealthy. For weapons, use a bow, swords, axes, or pretty much anything else that you want that fits into that wheelhouse. There are multiple ways to roleplay a ranger. Maybe you're a lone frontiersman who grew up on the fringes of a nearby kingdom, or perhaps you grew up in the city, but the death of a loved one or some other totally original event, caused you to leave it all behind. Maybe you're part of a larger organization devoted to protecting civilization. Think the Watchers of the Wall from Game of Thrones, for instance. Yet another option is to think of your character as part of an elite, advanced military force that travels deep into enemy territory, where the enemy is the massive forces of undead, demons, orcs, and other terrors that lurk where others are afraid to tread. The bottom line is that there are many different types of rangers but all of them are united by a belief in defending the world against the monsters that are out there in the wilderness. So get your weapons ready and join the fight. However that... You, whatever the fight is...
for you. Now let's get into that Gloomstalker deep dive that I promised you earlier. Of all the Ranger subclasses, the Gloomstalker is the easiest to abuse, and if you're looking to optimize a Ranger build, it's probably the best place to start. The Gloomstalker is meant to essentially add a dash of Assassin Rogue to your Ranger, encouraging you to strike from the darkness. Where the Gloomstalker ventures into broken territory is with its initial third level feature, Umbral Sight. Umbral Sight has two halves. The first half of Umbral Sight essentially grants you dark vision, and if you already had racial dark vision, it extends the range by 30 feet. And you should absolutely choose a race with dark vision to take advantage of that. The second half of Umbral Sight has some arguably poor wording, but it states that while in the darkness, you are invisible to creatures with dark vision. Now, the intent may have been to negate the use of dark vision against you, but rules as written has essentially granted you invisibility permanently in any area of darkness. This is because areas of darkness are normally considered heavily obscured, and creatures are normally considered blinded unless they have dark vision. The upshot is that blinded and invisible function pretty much the same, and as long as you stand in an area of darkness, you'll get advantage on all attacks, and attacks against you will have disadvantage. This darkness synergy is... nuts, and as long as the entire party keeps light sources away from you, you'll permanently get this huge boon from your Umbral Sight feature. And that's not all, you'll also pick up the fantastic feature Dread Ambusher at 3rd level, and adds your Wisdom modifier to your initiative rolls, gives you a 10-foot speed boost on the first turn, and gives you an extra attack on the first turn that deals 1d8 bonus damage. An entire attack and 1d8 damage are an insane boost, but it's the extra speed and mobility that will help you get into your cozy darkness or gloomy alleyways that's particularly useful. The later features include Iron Mind at 7th level that gives you proficiency in wisdom saving throws. You're getting all the tools to be a defensive ranger and an offensive ranger right out of the gate. These two starting features make Gloomstalker the obvious choice of ranger subclasses if you're trying to do decent damage as a ranger, and fantastic options for DPS across any class. I'm obviously a big fan of what they've done mechanically for the ranger in order to make it more playable, but I do wonder if they're sacrificing flavor a little much in order to do that. I don't really know. I haven't played a ranger in a long time, so I really can't comment, and I'm curious what you guys have to say on it. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week. And if you guys have any specific or strong thoughts about the updated Ranger or the original Ranger, I would love to hear about it down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell.